For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Um, in today's uh, episode, we have another interview with Chanel. And without any further ado, Chanel, welcome to the show. And uh, please, uh, if you can introduce yourself a little bit to our audience. Yeah, thank you for having me. My name is Chanel Rivera. I'm the CEO and founder of Beauty and Hustle. Beauty and Hustle was actually created as a Facebook group to bring women together through beauty products. And what I quickly realized was there was a need for women to be mentored and women to have somebody that was successful to help drive them have success as well. So currently I'm a business strategist and a business coach, and I teach uh, women in small business how to find success, not only in their businesses, but in their home life too, so that they can truly have it all. Okay. So a little bit of healthy life balance, you could say. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And and who's your, do you have any preferred target market? Like, you know, uh, younger women, uh, middle, middle, middle age or older women? Um, are there single moms, married, unmarried? Like who's your preferred audience? Yeah. My target market is really any woman that is sitting there at home right now thinking, hmm, I have this okay life, but I know that I was meant for more. And maybe they have a little side hustle or they have some type of business and they're just not getting the traction that they want. So my ideal client really is a woman that has some type of dream or vision and some type of business that they want to propel forward and they're stuck and they need little bits and pieces of how to actually execute upon that to grow their business to six figures or even seven figures. Okay. And what are some of the biggest struggles that your audience is facing? The biggest struggle that I have found that women in business are facing is the time balance. Like you mentioned earlier, what we're conditioned from little girls is that we either have a career or we're a stay-at-home mom and that's it. We don't get to have both of those things. And when we try to juggle both of those things, we end up feeling really guilty and we get really, really burnt out because we feel like we're trying to do everything for our family and we're trying to you know, kill it at our business or in our careers and we never take time for ourselves. So what ends up happening is we burn out and we lose passion around our family and around the businesses that 
we were so inspired to work really hard for. And so that's the biggest thing is that women constantly are burning out and trying to figure out that balance between the home life and the, and the business or the career. Okay. Chanel, is this something that perhaps you experienced as well and you overcame and now you're teaching others to do that? Absolutely. So a couple of years ago, I was a district manager at FedEx for years and years. And I was the number one district manager in all of America. I, w- I went back to school. I was getting my bachelor's degree. On paper, I was living I was living the dream, right? And to be really honest, I was miserable. I was never seeing my husband. I was never seeing my family. And the whole reason in my head that I wanted to work really hard was to have money, to to have time with my family. But I was working so hard that I didn't have that time. And what ended up happening is I ended up getting really, really sick. And um, I almost died. And... I remember very distinctly, this was a couple years ago, but I had an emergency surgery and I had literally forced my husband and my mom to go home. You know, I told, I told my husband, go to work, go to work tomorrow. It's fine. I've got this, you know, and I remember in the middle of the night going into cardiac arrest and, you know, they push you through these halls and it might sound really cliche, but you see all the white lights and stuff. And I remember thinking, nobody cares that I'm the district manager that's number one. I I don't, I'm not like going down like that, you know. Um, I felt really sad in that moment that I had told my my mom and my husband to go home. And then I was, in my head, I was literally dying alone. And I knew from that point something had to change because I, I wasn't happy. And um, do you find with your clients that they can recognize this moment before they need to go through such hardship? Um, or do they just have to, at one point, go so low that they reach that point where they say, you know, like something really, really needs to change? Yeah, I think that. As women, we're conditioned to go into survival mode like every single day. It's wake up and put a happy face on and get everything done. And so for a lot of people, those big moments do have to happen. Sometimes I hear of people that have those big moments and they still don't get it or they don't know how to change it. But what I've realized is through my teachings is if I can share that story and change one person's life or if somebody's listening to this right now and they go, oh my God, that's me. What I've learned is sharing that story to make those, you know, those light bulbs in other women's heads go off and say, oh wow, I don't want to get to that point. Or I'm really close to getting to that point and starting to dig themselves out of that ditch. And so I think the answer is two-sided. Sometimes yes, sometimes you know, the big things happen and they don't even realize it. They they still don't snap out of it. And sometimes all it takes is learning from somebody else, which is why I do what I do. Perfect. Perfect. Well, yeah, I, I wanted just to tap into a little bit into this background story because I, I kind of sense that there is a story behind it. Um, but, you know, like 
what are some you know first things that somebody needs to do after they they come to the point where they you know make a decision no matter how deep they have fallen but you know at one point you have to make a decision and then the whole journey starts so what are the first few steps yeah so i think the first few steps is really sitting down and being really honest with yourself like crystal clear because we tend to lie to ourselves like oh we're okay it's fine whenever a woman says it's fine i promise you it's not <laughs> right so the first thing is honesty within ourselves the second thing is really sitting down with a list of things that you need from your business or your career and the things that you want from it and then what are your core values so when you start to look at all of that because often people will come to me and say oh you know what i want to do a million dollars top line revenue every month in my boutique. Okay, great. I can teach anybody how to make money, right? But okay, here's all the things that you're going to have to do. Here's the time going into your business, the, the investment that you're going to have to make in time and money. And then all of a sudden they say, oh, I don't want to do it that bad. So I think sitting down and understanding what you actually need from your business and are you getting that? And then what do you actually want from your business? And then tying it back to your core value. So that way, if you're saying you want to do a million dollars a month, but you're saying the reason that you want to do it is because you want more vacations with your family, but then you're looking at everything that you need to do in order to yield that result. And you already know that you're not going to have time for the vacation, then something needs to be tweaked. And so I think that that's a great first step is really understanding what you need and what you want from your business. So that way you can look at your family life and understand what you want and need from that too. Okay. And do, do you have any, let's say, tips and tricks or, you know, any method how you help your clients to sit down and, and do this part? Yeah. So I actually have a whole um, worksheet on it. And one of one of the parts of the worksheet is, Figuring out what your okay misses are. And this is something that women every day that do this worksheet go, oh, I'm stuck. An okay miss in my book is something that you're okay with failing at. Because women try to do everything. And especially with social media, you see all these other women, you know, doing all of the things. So you feel like you need to do that too. And one part of it is picking stuff that you're okay with being terrible at. For me, it's cooking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I just order out. I don't sit there and look on Instagram or Facebook at all the other wives, you know, in their aprons or whatever, cooking this amazing meal for their husbands and their kids. I just order out and I'm like, I suck at cooking. I don't enjoy it. It ends up costing me more money because I burn stuff. You know what I mean? And so many times women will literally tell me to my face, oh, I'm not okay with not being good at, at something. And that is the first way you set yourself up to fail is thinking that you're going to be amazing at everything. That's a lie. Nobody's amazing at everything. 
Um, you know, so I agree, especially when you're doing something for the first time. Um, it's very likely that you won't succeed perfectly. Uh, I mean, if you look at you know how we learn to walk, how we learn to ride a bicycle, we fall a few times before we actually do it, and same goes for everything in life. Yeah, and I think the the other really interesting part about finding okay misses for yourself is if you don't like to ride the bicycle, you don't have to. I think that that's the thing, right? Is like, oh, well, everybody else knows how to cook. So I should just keep learning. And I teach people, if it doesn't make you happy, it's not making you money or it doesn't save you time, ditch it, let it go. Like, I don't, you know, some people, some people's advice would be, oh, you're not great at cooking. Go do a cooking class. And me, I'm like, I'm not great at it. It doesn't make me happy. It's definitely never going to make me money because <laughs> I'm not good at it. So I just let it go. And I give that task to somebody else in the world. And I think that that's really powerful because then you get to your non-negotiables and your non-negotiables are things that under no circumstance will you fail at these things. Those are, that's, that's who you are. And it could be a home life task or a business task. So for me, my non-negotiable in my home life is dinner with my husband. If there's something that conflicts with dinner with my husband, I mean, if it's within a couple of hours and I can move stuff around, sure. But I don't schedule anything that will directly conflict with that because that's why I run my business the way I do. It's that important to me. That's a really nice thing. A really nice thing. Yeah. Thanks. And I think that, right? And it's funny that it coincides with dinner. So I'm not there cooking it for him. We're there going to dinner. <laughs> or, yeah. or as, as long as you're spending quality time together, um, I, I think that's that's really what's important and not who cooked what. I mean, yeah. if, if you will ever want to learn cooking, feel free to drop by. I love cooking. Um, oh. Yeah. So, so <laughs> that, I would drop by for a meal, but I would not drop by for a lesson. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so moving on. Okay. So this is the first thing is like kind of building the foundation. What about maybe some of the mindset, other mindset struggles uh, that they have or some, you know, personal struggles that they go through? Yeah. So women are taught from a really young age that we should serve everybody else. We, we are here to nurture and to fix everybody else's problems. And I, I had a great, you know, a great mom figure and all of that. But even then, I wasn't taught necessarily to take care of myself first because what I learned was watching my mom burn out and take care of us. So it wasn't like a direct lesson where she sat me down, but I was sitting watching her, you know, having three jobs and making sure everybody else ate before she did. And she made sure still to this day, she makes sure we all have brand new clothes before she buys something. I mean, it's like, mom, I'm old enough to buy my own clothes, <laughs> buy yourself something. Right. So what happens is from a very young age, we're conditioned to give, 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 give. And we're not ever taught to receive. So what, what happens is when you get a little bit older and you're ready to go out and make your mark on something, 
you're literally lost because you've been told your whole life that you should give, 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 give. And that when it's your season to receive, you either don't feel worthy of it, you struggle with feeling like, um, there's a term called imposter syndrome. You know, you struggle yes. with, am I really supposed to be here? Am I really worthy and deserving of this? And so what I find is that there's these women that are sitting there going, I want more. I know I was made for more. And when they start to get a little taste of it, they retract because nobody ever taught them how to step into their power and say, yep, it's my time. This is my time to win. This is my time. This is my winning season. And so I like to help women shed all of those BS stories that literally have collected over the years in our heads and um, try to shed those things. It takes a long time. Even me, I mean, I teach people it. And there's still sometimes, you know, I'll get invited somewhere. And I'm like, oh my gosh, all these people are like <laughs> celebrities or they're like the real deal. And I'm just me. And then I have to catch myself and, you know, walk my walk. But it's something that probably forever will work on. But it's really hard to work on it alone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I call these things our inner demons. And, you know, we have different inner demons and everybody needs to fight some of them. And my understanding is, you know, that they never completely go away. Um almost like you know with with the if you if if with people who are alcoholics and they go through the aa thing and you know then even just drinking one glass of wine can put you back on the old track and i think it's the same with all these our inner demons somebody you know struggles with procrastination somebody with imposter syndrome somebody with this somebody with that uh but yeah it it's just constantly battling that fight with them and with time we become stronger and our inner demons become weaker but i don't think they ever go away yeah i don't think they ever go away either and i think that's the power of finding this inner circle too is that when i'm feeling that way i have this inner circle of people where i can say oh my goodness you know i'm feeling a certain kind of way today and they can hear me, but they help shut it down. They're not shutting me down. They're shutting that doubt down. And that's what I think that Beauty and Hustle overall has done a really nice job of bringing communities to women when those inner demons seep out for somebody to say, I hear you and I know how you feel, but how can we get that feeling to, to oh, Chanel, subside? I lost because you for a little that bit. That isn't the reality not of sure it. What you know, happened, that's not what but... I see of you. But um, I hear it shows me that normally you are... if, we, if we try to voice those oh, demons, Chanel, people... Chanel, um, let, let, let me jump a little bit into this. Um, you were cut off for a few seconds. So, um, I, I, I think now you're back, you're back with us. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Sorry. Um, yeah. Like, okay. Maybe, maybe we can, you know, move forward to maybe a little bit more operational stuff. Um, that, you know, like the, the idea of this podcast, as I mentioned to you before we pressed recording is to try and give some actionable advice, something our audience can, you know, take away something that's easy to implement. They can start it right away and they can see some results, uh, 
quite quite quickly. So, um, do you have any of those tips and tricks um, to to share with our audience? You know, like some of the early stage uh, things, or even for you know people among our audience who are already doing maybe steady five figures a month or, or six figures a month or even seven figures a month, you know, like some, some, some easy actionable advice that they can implement straight away and uh, start seeing results. Yeah. The first thing is to make sure that you have personal branding Meaning no matter what product or service that your company is going to provide, whether you're buying from a wholesaler or you're creating your own line of stuff, make sure that you have personal branding that's able to easily be viewed on social media. Right now we're in the era of the influencer. So if you look at big branding 10 years ago, they could run a commercial, put up a billboard and Nike would sell everything. But if you even look at Nike's recent ads, they're using influencers to really shake it up, create that buzz and drive that traffic. So that's the number one thing that I see small businesses failing at straight out of the gate is there's no way for me to actually find you on the internet. And let's just be honest, every time you meet somebody new, what's the first thing that you do? You Google them. Right. You Google them. And so I teach people, if people are going to Google you, what are they going to find? And I would rather them find a little something, even if it's not your greatest work, rather than nothing, because then that hot or warm lead goes flat and that's, you're never going to get that back. So I would say start with personal branding. A lot of people overthink branding and I want them to realize that you just got to start. Branding will evolve, you know, McDonald's is not the way that McDonald's was 80 years ago when it started. Just start so that way when people Google you, there's a way for them to actually find you. Um, my brand has specific colors. Anyone knows, oh, that must be Chanel's stuff if they see my colors on stuff. So that's the first thing. The second thing is straight out of the gate or even if you're in the trenches with your business, good bookkeeping and creating profit and loss statements are critical. It, it's mind-blowing to me how many people I talk to every single day that are either starting or even people that are seven figures that are like, well, I don't really save my receipts. I don't really create a P&L. I don't really know if I'm in the black or in the red. And my brain just is like, what? So make sure that you start with bookkeeping. As soon as you hear this, make sure you want to start that. And if your skill set is not that, hire somebody, hire a bookkeeper that's going to demand the receipts and all of that stuff and create a P&L for you every month. It's one of the things, especially women in business, we feel really judged when we ask business questions. We feel like people are going to judge us for not knowing that. And my advice is just find somebody that knows how to do it. And that way you can submit the paperwork because there's so many people out there operating businesses that don't even know if they're profitable. And that's crazy. I know. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know too many like managing cash flow. Like once the ball starts rolling, you need to start managing your cash flow. Otherwise, you know, you can do amazing stuff, but at the end of the year you figure out, Oh, 
uh, I'm in in loss instead of in profit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are probably the two things I would start right now. That you know you can hire a bookkeeper for like a hundred bucks a month, but other than that, it doesn't cost a lot of money to do those things. And especially if you're just starting, you start now and it will make your life so much. Yes, I definitely agree. That That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, let me ask you um, with, with women, um, you know, you said healthy life balance, energy, managing energy, because there's so much energy that goes into your business. Then your kids uh, take up a lot of your energy, and then you still need to find some time for yourself, sometimes to spend with your husband. Um, how how can you get your energy levels up to to just you know do all of that, or how do you do less so that you can keep up with your energy? Yeah, so in order to keep my energy, the one thing that has been my saving grace is saying no. I say no way more than I say yes. So I say no to anything that doesn't make me money, doesn't make me happy, or doesn't save me time. And so with doing that, you'd be shocked with how much time we waste getting sucked into you know, working the snack shack or, you know, being the PTA president. Now, some people want to be the PTA president, but there are people that get roped into doing things that they don't want to do. So once you learn the power of saying no, my entire life changed. You know, even when I was still at FedEx, I was one of those people that would say yes to everything because I wanted, you know, I wanted to show up and make a good name for myself. And God forbid something happen and I not be there. And I started saying no to everything. I, I say no to people's birthday parties all the time. And what that does, it allows me to rest. And when I say yes to something, I show up in a much bigger way. And so I would say for women, it's saying no. You have to say no. And sometimes that's even within our family. You got to say no to the husband, no to the kids. No to our parents, you know, we feel so indebted to our friends and family sometimes that we just keep going on this like hamster wheel and we're like, oh, well, that's what I was, that's what I'm here for. But we have to start saying no to stuff and really create boundaries for yourself. No, I agree. I agree. I see so many people, even very um, high achieving male entrepreneurs with 50 companies and so on. Uh, but they can't say no. They they don't know how to say no. And then they're working, I don't know, 120 hours a week. And, you know, they're a ticking bomb. Something will, something uh, other than business will, will, will fail, uh, whether that's, it's that their health or, you know, the wife will just pack her bags and the children move away or something. <laughs> and, and suddenly you were working, working, working like crazy. And then you find yourself completely empty because you weren't taking care of other parts of your life. Um, right. What, what exactly. would you say is for you healthy life balance? What are some areas like 
okay, one is your business, one then another one is your immediate family, your husband. Um, what are some other areas in your life that you would say you consider a healthy life balance? For me, it's really being able to mentally check out. So <clears throat> I live in Vegas. So during the summer, I literally sit in the pool for a couple of hours every single day. And I schedule it that way. So I'm not in there feeling anxious about it. But for me, it's really being able to disconnect, listen to some music, and really continue to breathe in the energy of my myself and continuously know what I want to do. That I'm doing things, yes, for the greater good of my family, but it's because I want to do them. And I think that that's what we lose a lot. So, I mean, I pour a lot into my businesses and I pour way more into my family, but I pour a lot into myself as well. That's good. That's good. Yeah, taking care of yourself. And that's the only way how then you can give even much more to everything outside of you. That's a good one. Um, and I like I like how you love spending your time sitting in the pool. I can't imagine anything more amazing than being surrounded by by water <laughs> and maybe a nice cocktail along the way. Yeah, that's the life. Yeah, my dog, my dogs know how to swim, so I love that. Actually, yesterday it was the first day in the pool, and we're so nice. excited because I'm just yes, this is what I live for. And you know, the first year that I did that, I it took me a couple weeks to not feel guilty. I went from working, you know, 70 hours a week at FedEx. So I'm like, there's people at work right now. This is like Monday at 1 p.m. But I had to learn as long as I was going to work later in the evening and I was going to get everything I needed to get done, that this was the life I had created for myself. And it was so powerful. And now I'm so ready for the hot weather. Chanel, <laughs> this just gives me uh another another idea what i can ask you do you now work from home or do you have an office uh that you go to nope i work 100 okay. percent from home so i've been home um okay. for over a year now that's a good answer and i i imagine that a lot of new age entrepreneurs are somewhat similar they they, they have a um Whatever they're doing, it's something that enables them to work from home, which can sometimes be super, super challenging. Um, how do you <laughs> switch between, you know, oh, now I'm at home, now I'm taking care of my doggies, now I'm, you know, doing whatever is the home thing, sitting on the couch, watching TV, whatever, and then switching to now it's time to work or how do you balance that? Because I've seen two things. One thing is that people just, you know, can't get themselves into that work mood. Uh, or the other thing is that somehow now they are 24-7 available and all day long is just a work day for them. Yeah. So good news for me is I don't actually enjoy television. So that's the good news. So I'll never be that person on the couch. But how do I not spend all day in the pool is a different question, right? Um, but it's really about creating a schedule. And that schedule can really set you free. And like I said, last year during summertime, I was feeling guilty. And then I had to look at the schedule and be like, but wait, I scheduled myself 
to work five hours. It's just from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. when it's not hot outside and the sun is gone. So create a really awesome schedule for yourself and build in breaks. Like I could easily say, okay, well, I'm going to be up at 8 a.m. and I'm going to work till three every day because that's what society has trained me a workday looks like or whatever. But I just reinvented what it looks like and I figured out how many hours in the week do I need to work and then I scheduled according to that. And that's what's really been a huge mindset shift for me is I don't need to wake up super early and get dressed and then, you know, drive on the freeway for an hour. I can wake up late and I can go swim in the pool and then do my work after that as long as I'm getting all my work done. So having a schedule. The other thing too, I think is really powerful is having a designated area in your home that is for work. Um, Cause then it's, you know, you may not have a door to it, but metaphorically you're opening the door, you're clocking in and now it's time to work. Um, and then you can kind of step outside of that too. You know, when you're done, then you're done. Um, it, that's really helped me is like envisioning myself going to work and then leaving work. Yeah, that's a good one. I actually, uh, when when it's my time to go to my home office, uh, which is a separate room in my house, um, I actually, you know, like dress up, uh, just, you know, n- not dress up, like uh, put on a tie or something like that. I would never wear that anyway. But, you know, like just dress differently um, so that I have that ritual of, you know, like now it's time to do the work. And then I go into the office, I do my things, and then I, I change back into my home clothes, you know, so that I, I have that feeling, okay, now the work is done, uh, so that I can switch between between those two things. Um, one more question, and then it will be slowly time for us to wrap this interview up. Do you have morning and or evening routine? And if you do, can you share it with us? So my morning routine is probably going to be something crazy that you've never heard. But I used to beat myself up because every, uh, you know, guru says, wake up before everybody else. Wake up before the, the sun rises. And I was trying really hard once I started working from home, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do this. And it was destroying me because I have really bad insomnia. So my morning routine is allowing myself to sleep without an alarm clock because there are nights that I will fall asleep at 11 and I'll be up at seven or eight. And there are nights that I literally don't fall asleep till three or four and I won't wake up till nine o'clock in the morning, but I allow myself that grace that has really changed my life. Um, I do that. And then I always make sure I have breakfast so that way I can get ready and get going on all of that. So that's my morning routine is really allowing myself to wake up when my body is rested, not forcing it to wake up because society says I should be up at a certain time if I want to be successful. Um, And then my nighttime routine is actually going to sound kind of silly too. Uh, 99% of my business is ran through Facebook. So I'm always on my phone and I'm always working, but I enjoy the fun part of Facebook too. You know, like the dog videos, I'm an avid pit bull a uh, pit bull mom. So I love all of those videos, but I have to be really careful that I don't watch them while I'm working. Right. 
So actually at night, I have scheduled time to just be on Facebook for fun. And if anyone follows my friend, like my actual profile, you'll see when I'm like scheduled in my fun time because I start sharing really ridiculous animal videos. Um, But it's something that helps me decompress and also it helps me disconnect from my Facebook work life and lets me be human on the Facebook. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Like, I mean, I I see for myself, the more I'm just me, uh, the better everything else is. And and I really, I, I don't do... Uh, much of what everybody else is doing, you know, trying to be business orientated and this and that. I just, you know, like wing it. Sometimes it's something business-wise. Sometimes it's something personal, just enjoying it. And the more I enjoy it, the better everything is. <laughs> Go for it. Um, yeah. Well, Shan- uh, Chanel, um that was a really lovely interview, and and you shared uh, quite a few interesting um, advices, actionable steps. Um, now, um, is there anything you know, like um, the one thing that our audience should take away from this interview uh, before we say goodbye, before I say thank you. And I mean, for our audience, of course, if, if what you told will resonate with them and they want to get in touch with you, we don't have to name the websites and all of that. I will just include all of that in the show notes so they can just click away and find your website, your profiles, anything that you would like to share with our audience. So maybe just, you know, like a last thought. Um, if nothing else, they should take this away from this interview. Yeah, so a lot of times people will ask me, how are you successful in so many different things, right? Corp life, direct sales, small business, all of these things. And what I did was I actually sat with it and I realized that there's three things that will make you successful in anything you do, relationships, business, it doesn't matter. And those three things are having a strategic plan, being 100% authentic to yourself and pouring your heart and soul into it. And it's something that I've coined as SAS for SAS, strategy, authenticity, and soul, but truly if, if you put those three things into action, into anything, you can find success. There'll be hard work attached, but that's the secret of finding success is really coupling those three things and figuring out how it works in that. Nice. This, this that was a really, really um, powerful last thought. I really, I really like it. Uh, well, Chanel, thank you. Um, I really appreciate you for being the guest today and sharing all of that with with me, with our audience. And like I said, I will I will drop all the links uh, in in the show notes. Um, and yeah, thank you thank you for agreeing to do this interview. I, I learned a lot as well, even though I'm not a woman, even though I'm not your target audience. But a lot of what you said applies to men just as well as to women. Take care and yeah, in, it, it's weekend ahead. So enjoy the weekend. Take care. Bye. Yes. Thank you for having me.